It's time! What's up, everyone? I hope you all had a fantastic Tuesday. Last night, we had some great NBA action. Miami Heat escaped the bubble with a Game 1 overtime win against the Boston Celtics. And the Los Angeles Clippers, somehow, someway, they find a way to choke. In a season that was built up, they were hyped up as this next super team that were coming in with fantastic defensive depth that hadn't been seen since maybe the 04 Pistons. Maybe you throw them in there with the 89 uh, Bad Boys Pistons. Just a defensive juggernaut coming into this season. And yet, they somehow blow a 3-1 to one lead against the Denver Nuggets team that are the cardiac kids. They're the Denver darlings. Everyone's pulling for the underdog. They are Rocky going up against Apollo Creed, and they're throwing haymakers. They're hitting the jaw. They're throwing in body shots. They're just doing everything that they can scratch and claw. Well, they did more than that last night. They not only scratched and clawed back into the series, just barely scraped by with a Game 7 win, they absolutely dismantled the Los Angeles Clippers. They changed the course of Kawhi Leonard's career, and they changed the perception of Paul George. Now, we're going to get into all that. So, let's start with Boston versus Miami. Now, Boston came in as two-point favorites, which is somehow insane. It's insane to me. I mean, Miami was coming off of a six-game series against the Bucks. I mean, still nowhere near the seven-game onslaught that the Celtics had against the Raptors. But even then, Miami Heat are still underdogs. When are we going to learn? When are we possibly going to finally realize that the Miami Heat are not underdogs? They are the favorites. Yes, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Jay Crowder, that starting lineup is not a team of underdogs. That is not. Pat Riley is not an underdog. When are we going to learn this? From the odds makers to the NBA analysts, this Miami team should not be surprised to find itself on the door of an NBA Finals appearance. I mean, let's, let's be realistic. I mean, look at Jimmy Butler's point totals and their wins in this playoff. Against the Pacers, which was a sweep, 28-18-27-6. He scored six in the clinching win. Against Milwaukee, he has 40. Absolute monster of a game. The Butler did it. He murdered the Celtics in game one. Comes back and puts up 13 in another win. Okay, decent performance. Let's see how he does next game. See if it, Milwaukee can lock him down somehow. Puts up 30 in their next win. And then he goes back-to-back -back with 17 points. The point is, is that this team is deep, and it is defensive, and it is going to scratch and claw, and it is going to be the rash that doesn't go away. It is going to, you're not going to get anything that could get rid of that rash. It is going to be there for the rest of the series until you can somehow get rid of them. I mean, this team is built really how the Sixers should be constructed, but we're going to get into all that um, at the end of the show because I'm enjoying my positivity right now, and I don't want to talk about the Sixers at this moment. Anyway, Goran Dragic has single-handedly not so much revived his career because he's been a solid 
rotation player, but he put the NBA on notice. He puts up 29, while Miami shoots 28% in the first half and then above 60% in the second half, according to ESPN. I mean, what do you, what do you need to see from this team to show that they're here to contend? It's, it's unbelievable. And Bam Adebayo should be in the running for top five uh, centers in this league. He is going to usher in another new wave of centers. We've already seen the seven-footers already chucking up threes. But we're going to see more and more centers. Smaller, because you know teams are going to be copying this small ball uh, lineup. But... Adebayo could really change the NBA if he can contribute at a high level consistently because he not only has size and bounce to get those putbacks, but he can play make. He can bring up the ball. I mean, he's a lot. They're two different players, but he has a similar skill set to Anthony Davis without nearly as much size, and that is going to be huge for this Miami team. They can space, they can switch out on defense and really have heart, heart-filled guys with absolute grit that, are, that have been battling in Division Three gyms, empty arenas, G League arenas, traveling all over to cities that no one's even heard of, playing in arenas of maybe a thousand people. I mean, it's... It's remarkable, and I don't know why the league keeps counting out this team. This team is obviously built to last. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Miami the rest of his career. Now, we've said this before about his tenure in Chicago and his tenure in Philadelphia. Now, we both know how um, both of those stops ended, but... My Jimmy Butler perfectly fits Miami in a way that no other Miami Heat player really has since Dwayne Wade, a prime Dwayne Wade. I'm not talking about Dwayne Wade when he came back to finish his career with the Heat. I'm talking prime flash with Shaq um, a little bit before the Big Three era, but leading up to the Big Three era and the Heatles. Uh, I could really see Jimmy Butler taking over as that face for Miami. But let's get to Boston because Boston shouldn't be shortchanged in this one. They still have a solid collection of talent, and the series is far from over. If any, if this series show goes like Game One did last night on Tuesday, uh, September fifteenth, this series will be one for the Heat Celtics rivalry. This will this will be a great series, and I think a memorable one for the NBA in a time where we need those memorable moments. We need those positive moments. I mean, Jason Tatum, just, uh, what do you, what do you want from, what do you want from zero and green? I mean, what more could, could they have asked from him? I mean, yes, he could have made the last second shot at, uh, the end of regulation. And he even almost had a chance at the end of overtime. He somehow at the end of overtime, he somehow lost the ball, got it back, and chucked up a three that nearly hit it in less than two and a half seconds. I mean, 
this guy's just a walking bucket and it's going to be scary i could see him trajecting in that Kawhi, not so much Kawhi leonard because he doesn't nearly have the defensive level of Kawhi, but i could see him being like a paul george type prime paul george in indiana before the unfortunate leg injury and hopefully succeed more success in the playoffs than paul george but we'll get into that um i could really see tatum taking over this league as an automatic bucket and it's obvious that he studied kobe so much i mean it's it's scary he is a longer more athletic version of kobe and the league's in trouble i mean the league's in trouble with this whole team if they if the Celtics can keep it together but kemba isn't nearly shooting well enough i mean he shot 13 for 46 which is 28.3 percent according to espn i mean marcus smart has stepped up as a lights out shooter this postseason it's this boston team's gonna be scary and robert williams is not a piece to be underestimated he is a bounce bounce filled center that can jump to the jump to the ceiling i mean he could be a lot like john collins of atlanta but with a much better defensive upside and i mean Jalen Brown, what more can be said about Jalen Brown? He stepped up in some of the biggest moments and when the Celtics have needed him most, especially in that Toronto series. I mean, this team is, these two teams mirror each other very much. And it's going to be exciting. It is going to be electric. And I cannot wait to see what game two is going to be like. But we're going to see, I mean, I don't even want to call the next game because... This game, next game, next, even this whole series could go either way. And we're really going to find out who has the heart, who has the grit and determination to say, screw it, I'm going after this series and I'm going to take it no matter what has to happen. And that's what's going to define this series. This, you could see some rough, rough games underneath the glass. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a couple of altercations at the very least. Mar- you know Marcus Smart's already picking fights. I mean, he's just that type of guy. He's that type of pass that just will wear you and wear your team. But this Miami team may be his greatest challenge yet to overcome. I mean, if I had to pick a team, if I had to, for game two, I really believe that Miami is going to come out of this series and somehow get to the NBA Finals. I mean, I just don't see... Kemba Walker necessarily shooting that well if he continues to perform like he has in uh, the past series that in Toronto, like towards the end of the series and the beginning of this series, I don't see Miami reacting well to this defense. I think Miami's defense is that good and they are that well-structured and coached. Eric Spolstra deserves a ton of credit. I mean, if anything, this team has shown him that, or shown the league, I should say, that he is not just the coach of the big three. He is a bona fide cream in the crop coach who, I mean, really exemplifies Miami. And I cannot wait to see how this series is going to shake out, but my pick is going to be Miami just because of experience and the depth that they have. And I don't 
And I think it's really going to hinge on Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is a name that we haven't heard much because he's been injured. But he could be available later this series. And I would not be surprised if you see his uh, name pop up in the injury report as clear to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brad Stevens uses him if the Celtics get into a hole, which is key. If the Celtics get into a hole, I think Brad Stevens is going to get desperate and going to be looking for rotation pieces to change in and out. I mean, we've already seen how Marcus Smart has stepped up, but if you get into a 2-1 hole against this Miami team, they could get things going in that uh, fourth game and build up a 3-1 hole. So I don't think Brad Stevens is going to be eager to start him if the Celtics can keep it close or really change his rotation around a lot because we already saw last night, Boston's deep and they got some good rotation players, but... It's going to be a matter of can they do it consistently or if they are doing it consistently, how is Brad Stevens going to manage uh, changing out someone and replacing Gordon Hayward? Because who, who is he going to really take out? Marcus Smart started in place of him, and he's really balled out and just turned into a sniper all of a sudden who's shooting from all the way from Jacksonville. I mean, this guy is just drilling threes left and right in a way that we haven't seen him do it before. So, yeah, that's pretty much my take on Miami-Boston series. I think heart and grit are really going to determine the outcome of this. And I cannot wait to see what uh, Game 2 is going to be like on Thursday. Uh, So it's going to be really interesting. My winner, as of right now, is Miami. I'm going to take Miami just based off of experience and coaching. uh, And we're going to see. But it is a very close call. But now... Let's move on to what everyone's talking about, or one of the things that everyone's talking about, I should say. The Los Angeles Clippers. Everyone came into the season. Kawhi and Paul George are going to go go win a championship. It's going to be the first time in over in almost 50 years that the Clippers advance to the conference finals, and they're locked in to win the chip. Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, even Zubats was contributing early in the season. They build up a 3-1 lead. Well, first of all, they absolutely, not so much run through, but they ran through a pretty solid Dallas team that was giving them some issues early in the season, but then they closed it out pretty convincingly. Now they take on the Denver Nuggets, who are already reeling off a 3-1 comeback against the Utah Jazz. You even heard it from Jamal Murray himself in a post-game interview with uh, Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt says, how are you guys going to handle the Clippers on Thursday? Jamal Murray, what does he say? We play on Thursday? (sighs) I mean, this team was coming in so fatigued and so drained from an emotional Utah series that it's understandable if they got either swept, this game went to five, six games, but no one in their right minds was expecting seven games, let alone a series win from this Denver team. I mean, Denver really just came out of nowhere and just gave the Clippers a rock bottom. Like, they just dropped the people's elbow on them. I mean, it was was absolutely electric, and I love this Denver team out of the remaining four to really surprise a lot of people. I think that Jokic is unlike any big man that the Lakers have played in uh, during the regular season. Yes, they played the Bucks. Yes, they played the Clippers. But 
Jokic is a man unlike any big man that we've ever seen in the league. Yes, I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm not saying that at all. But his unique skill set and patience is incredible. It's incredible. He's got the IQ of almost like Tony Parker. Like, he runs the offense like like the Spurs guards, like in Ginobili and Parker, and yet he's freaking seven feet tall. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? You can't guard that. I mean, I don't... I could see the Nuggets taking a lot of the Lakers in this next matchup very, very aggressive and taking the Lakers by surprise. It's... I'm very, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. But I want to get back to the collapse. So Denver comes in to this series, obviously fatigued. Uh, they lose two of the first three games pretty convincingly. I mean, this Denver team, no one was expecting them to come back. But then game six, they get it to 3-2. Okay, Clippers are not necessarily worried yet. They know they have the deeper team. But then game six, the Nuggets absolutely show out. And they are not going to quit no matter what. Mike Malone and this team are not going to quit no matter what lineup, no matter what challenge you throw their way. They are going to scratch and claw. They are, if I had to compare them to any WWE wrestler, they are Mick Foley. The Denver Nuggets are Mick Foley, and they just might steal championship from the rock in the lakers and i am very surprised i will be very surprised if this series does not go six or seven i really think it's that close i think no matter what the nuggets are going to scratch and claw they're going to do whatever they can to get this series in their way in their favor and i would not be surprised if the lakers somehow underestimated this team jamal murray said it best they gotta worry about us now now i think that is a great point this guy is competitive he's got that fire in him and him and Jokic are a great pairing and i would not be surprised if they somehow snatched the series from the lakers to earn a spot into the finals now let's get back to the clippers because Denver is the Denver Darlings. They're the Cardiac Kids. Everyone's favorite now. They're Everyone's rooting for underdog, the underdog. Everyone's pulling for Rocky. So let's get back to the Clippers. The Clippers have some real problems. We have not seen a disappointing result from them. A season result, I should say. Since the Lob City era when they had that talent with Blake Griffin, Paul George. Or excuse me, not Paul George. Chris Paul. Um... DeAndre Jordan, J.J. Redick, and they had so much talent, and yet they could never get it done. Jamal Murray put up 40 points, and he outscored Paul George and Kawhi combined. Paul George and Kawhi combined were tw- scored 24 points, 10 for 38 shooting. I mean, how you're those two superstars. You're the premier wings in free agency. Kawhi even refused to sign with the Clippers unless they brought in Paul George. And yet Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both, both choked this series away. I mean, Pandemic P is real. We, we, we got to accept that. Pandemic P is real. And he's got to go into this offseason really thinking, I got to change my narrative. 
He went two for 11 on threes, and he had 10 points and five turnovers. Paul George, that is not acceptable. If you are Kawhi Leonard's teammate, you are the guy that Kawhi Leonard wanted to bring in and the guy that the Clippers gave up, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Daniello Gallinari, and five draft picks to get your ass to Los Angeles, to Inglewood. I mean, what, what kind of performance is that? That's unacceptable. That's what that is. It's unacceptable. Nikola Jokic was the best player on the court last night, and he shot 5 for 13. 5 for 13 with two free throws. You may think, oh, he was really getting to the line then. No, he had two free throws, and he put up a triple-double. That is unacceptable. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you want to know their fourth quarter stats? Zero points, zero for 11 field goals, zero for seven from three-point range. That is horrendous. That is embarrassing. Everyone should look at the Clippers and say, okay, we need to reevaluate this quote-unquote super team concept because you can assemble as much talent as possible. The Golden State Warriors did that. And the Clippers want to blame it on chemistry issues. Lou Williams came out and said it was chemistry issues. No, no, I don't care. If you want to bark and talk all this shit, Patrick Beverly was talking all this shit to Damian Lillard when he Lillard missed two key free throws down the end of the season. And yet, they just lost in the second round. You cannot talk shit. Get, you got to back up your... Uh, shit-talking. Simple as that. Kobe backed up his shit-talking. Every athlete, Michael Jordan, backed up his shit-talking. If you're going to talk shit, that is a universal rule in athletics. If you're going to talk shit, you got to back it up. And the Clippers simply did not do that. I mean, what more is there to say after about this team? They're one of the most disappointing teams, really, of the last 20 years. I mean... This is one of the most disappointing results in the last 20 years, and I bet five of the last 20 seasons was the Lob City era of Clippers. And now that the Clippers just added one more, and now they got to wait a whole nother offseason to get even a chance, even a sniff of a regular season to hopefully somehow build back up and make it to a conference finals for the first time in their franchise's history. Maybe there's a reason why the Clippers have never made a conference finals in their franchise's history. Maybe there's a reason. I mean, I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. I think Sam Cassell and Ty Lue are great assistant coaches. But there are going to be some serious reconsiderations on the head coaching job market for Sam Cassell, for both Cam- Sam Cassell, excuse me, and Tyron Lue. I don't think you're going to see teams as eager to hire them. And I would not be surprised if... Uh, they stayed at least another year to to really just say, fuck it, we're going to do whatever it takes, fuck load management. I mean, it's it's a lot of questions coming out of Clippers camp. There's going to be a lot of questions. And I think everyone's going to be looking at Kawhi Leonard and Doc Rivers for answers and Paul George. And we're going to see if they have the answers next season. Next season is going to be a turning point. Because remember... Kawhi Leonard's contract is really a two-year deal with some options. So he could leave if he wanted to after next season. So it's going to be a huge turning point, and all eyes are going to be on them. There's no more, when are they going to get over the hump? Oh, they got they got next year. No, they, they got the year after. No, no. You have to win now. 
simple as that. You have to win now. And just to wrap up this episode, um, I said earlier I was going to talk about Jimmy Butler. And uh, I just want to ask the Sixers why. What happened? What possibly happened within that organization that delayed Brent Brown's firing another year and you let Jimmy Butler walk? He's pouring it on with the Miami Heat. He's in a great culture. He's in a great place. But he even said himself on the J.J. Reddick podcast, he said, quote, I went into a meeting. We got absolutely nothing done. We just clicked through film. No one said anything. And then we left. And then I turned to you. He was talking to J.J. Reddick. In Butler's words, he said, I turned to you and said, why would I go back to that? Why would you sacrifice Jimmy Butler, who was the heart and soul of that, that Sixers team, the season, not this season, but the season before, and really led to all these issues that the Sixers face now? Why? What happened? If you were going to fire Brent Brown, just fire him after that Kawhi shot. Yes, it was a lucky shot. Yes, Kawhi traveled. But if... All these, I shouldn't say all, but if some players are coming out disgruntled about Brent Brown and his coaching style, you fire him because your championship window is now. And now it's a hell of a lot smaller because Joel Embiid probably is unhappy. Ben Simmons probably unhappy because as much as they love Brent Brown, they want to win. And if the Sixers don't give them the best position to win, then they're not going to want to be there. So why, why, why did you take so long to fire Brent Brown? Why? You should have fired him in the middle of the season. Why? Okay, and now this season, you guys are going to have to answer some questions too. How are you going to build a roster around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Who is going to be the coach? Okay, and who's going to be the right coach? I'm seeing reports of Mike D'Antoni being in the consideration for the head coaching job. No, if Mike D'Antoni gets hired as the Sixers head coach, the season might as well be over. He does not fit. Simply put, he does not fit as a coach. And I hope I'm proven wrong, and I seriously hope that they make it to the NBA Finals if D'Antoni is the head coach. But initial impressions, no. Why would you hire Mike D'Antoni, who did not make a a finals appearance with the Rockets? He got bounced out by, um, he got bounced out in the second round this season in the bubble. Now, if you want to blame that on the bubble, whatever. No. Simply put, Mike D'Antoni did not get it done with his small ball experiment of Houston. No, it's just it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. This team should be built on defense and getting uh, action on offense through Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It should not be about small ball and spacing and threes and basically layups and threes. No. Yes, you should put shooters around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But this team needs to go through the post. That's it. And the fact that the Sixers were such a terrible organization, that they drove Jimmy Butler away, they drove J.J. Redick away, that really, it's, it's abysmal. It's abysmal. Just get the Colangelo, whatever's left of the Colangelo staff, get that out of there. Let Elton Brand take over for a year. Control, fully controlled, I should say. Just let him control it for a whole year and see what happens. If not, then fire Elton Brand because you do not have Philadelphia 76ers. You do not have time to waste on experimenting with front offices and coaches. You have to win now. Okay, clock's ticking and you guys better be ready this upcoming season. And I cannot wait to see 
what you guys put on the floor and who's going to be on the bench calling the shots. Okay? Spotlight's on you. The entire city of Philadelphia is looking on you, so you better be ready. Okay? It's about to go down, and you guys better have that Mamba mentality. So get ready. The season's ticking now, and the off-season clock is already winding down. So get ready to answer some questions from the city of Philadelphia. Otherwise, you are not going to hear the end of it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Your subscription and follows mean just as much as you actually playing the episode. Uh, Thanks again for listening. um, And I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So 